is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything you'd like. 800-259-9231. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. All right, once again, that number, 800-259-9231. Of course, you can uh, take control of the airwaves. You can also join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got uh, a website that actually allows you to control the content. So the stuff you see there on the front page, the main page column uh, of the site, it's all been created by listeners like you. You find something online you want to share with our listeners, you just submit it as show prep. It appears on the site, and then people vote up or down on different things, the ones they like and dislike. And the most liked will make it to the front page and the top of the site. Go and get interactive. Do it for free over at freetalklive.com. Now, throughout the week here so far, we've been giving pretty in-depth coverage of the Bob Constantine uh, trial or Constantine. Actually, it's it's either way, he says, so we'll bring him on here in a moment. But uh, Bob is going to be joining us here in just a moment to give us the rundown on what happened today. And if you've missed, again, we've spent about three hours on this topic over the last uh, two shows. The first uh, Monday night, spent two hours. Uh, last night, we spent an hour. We've had Jason Talion from the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund, and he's been kind of Johnny on the spot letting us know what's been uh, what's been going on. Uh, essentially, Bob has been on trial for allegedly growing over 30 marijuana plants and has been facing felony charges as a result of that or a felony charge that could have landed him up to seven years in prison. Uh, it was yesterday that the trial wrapped up. The jury went to deliberations and they did not finish their deliberations until today. Uh, I had been at the first two days of the trial. I was not uh, able to make it out today. And so Bob Constantine joins us. Uh, Bob, welcome to Free Talk Live. Thank you, Ian. Uh, if I could, I'd first like to thank everybody for all the support. Absolutely. It's uh, it's the very least I could do. And I know that uh, there were at least probably a good 40 uh, liberty activists, I think, over the the two days that I was there that had come out to to support you. And it's quite a drive as well for most of us. Even you, uh, living in Grafton, uh, New Hampshire, had to drive an hour and a half just to get to the courthouse. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Yeah, I don't think um, that court's ever seen anything quite like that. Um, The whole process began almost a year and a half ago. A long process, tired, but um, it's over. Yeah, you know, and uh, the results are, are, are pre- pretty good here. But I, I guess since we're talking about the activists there on the ground, Bob, I, I, you know, I'd like to ask you. You know, there um, the the prosecutor said that she felt that the the activists were bullying the jury. What's your thought? Do you, I mean, there obviously are some pros and cons. Is it overall, was it a pro to have ac- activists there at the trial, or do you think that uh, perhaps uh, some jurors were turned off by it, or what? Well, I, I think it's probably mixed. Anytime you have a, a panel of uh, a dozen people, um, some people it may have informed them if activists were there, and some people it may have uh, you know, sunk them deeper into their resolve that this is a bad thing and all the rest of that. So, But overall... I think it's a good thing. I think that there were a lot of positive things that happened with this. Um, you know, we, we, we push back in, in a lot of ways. Um, I, I think that uh, other people out there, uh, they need to be supported also, and there's people that we don't even know, you know outside of our liberty community. And mm-hmm. you know, there are, I've attended a, a, a trial before where I just felt really bad nobody was there. And I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just saying, um, what if we had... Unfortunately, these trials are going to happen again, or if people don't take the plea. Um, unfortunately, there's so many people out there that with no support. They like to do their dirty business in the dark. Sure, yeah. they, sure they do. 
And that's one of the things that uh, is nice to see change here in New Hampshire because there are enough activists here at least to come out and support their activist friends. I'd love to see us having enough people to just send folks in, uh, have folks go in who are interested in the court process on a regular basis to support people. We've, we've begun doing outreach uh, on a much wider uh, basis. You and some others up there in the Grafton County have been doing fully informed jury, jury, jury nullification outreach for almost two years. We've been doing it for about three here in Keene. I can't speak to what's going on in the rest of the state, uh, but that's a lot of consistent outreach that's reaching out to potential jurors. And recently here in Keene, we've begun doing the Don't Take a Plea Deal outreach on approximately three to four days of the five-day week, and uh, we're looking to expand that to five days a week. So it's at, at the very least, we're reaching these folks with a message now, whereas before we had just been showing up to support liberty activists in court. So it's already begun to expand out, and I think the more people we get here in New Hampshire, the more possible... Uh, uh, further expansion can be. I agree. Uh, I think that I don't know if I call this a 100% success on the jury nullification, but certainly uh, for where it ended up to where it started, um, and I, I think in my closing uh, statement uh, at the end of the trial, there were certain things that I was able to communicate to the jury that I think is important because just to say, hey, you have the power to uh, to decide this a different way, I think that is not telling them everything. Um, some of the guys up here, we've talked about uh, taking those things and, and putting them down because uh, what what the court will tell you is uh, isn't complete communication. They will often omit stuff mm-hmm. to try and steer the meaning. For instance, they say, uh, if you come to a verdict, it must be unanimous. So I think that implies that you must come to a unanimous verdict. But you don't have to come to a verdict. You can continue to say, hey, we're a hung jury. Yep. Um, also, when they rip through the what's called the Wentworth instructions, they do it kind of fast. If you find that the evidence shows that the defendant is not guilty, you must uh, vote not guilty. But if you find that he is guilty, you should. And they, they don't dwell on that word should, and that's something I emphasize, that you don't have to do this. You can exercise your right of conscience. So mm-hmm. I think it's not enough to inform people of it. I think we we might even want to put together language so people know when you're talking to the jury, there's some things you want to be able to remind them because the, the jurors, you know, they just got their name picked out of a hat a week ago and then and somebody said, here, come here and you're going to judge somebody. They, they Most of them don't know anything at all about this. Yeah, absolutely true. Well, I know that we had talked, um, Bob, you and I, and I think Rich, uh, Rich Angel, some of the other activists, about doing uh, a New Hampshire-specific jury outreach tool. Because right now, we've been using the Fully Informed Jury Association, and those guys are great, and they do great work. There's no doubt about it. But there's real value in being able to customize something for your local area, specifically to New Hampshire and, and whatever the New Hampshire laws are and the way that the, the New Hampshire courts work. Because every court system, ju- justice, so-called justice system around the country, has some differences. Um, and so I think that would be really valuable. And I, I, I look forward to uh, to seeing something like that develop. But let's actually uh, you know break the suspense here. We haven't mentioned yeah. what happened today. I mean, you were facing seven years in prison for yeah, a felony what, growing. What happened today is, um, you know, they, uh, they deliberated for about an hour and a half uh, – yesterday afternoon and you know nothing uh, they couldn't come to a verdict so then I uh, was back there today and it took them a while then eventually um, we were called into the courtroom to consult with the with the judge and he said that um, they cannot reach a decision that they are uh, basically there's I forget the exact words but uh, 
they're just not going to be able to go anywhere on, on the first thing, but, uh, which was the seven-year manufacture over an ounce. Uh, and then the second thing that they could do, it, uh, luckily I was able to get in a, a, a tiered uh, type of uh, options list or menu for the jury. Um, then they were sent back and said, okay, well, will you convict him on manufacturing less than an ounce? Uh, and they said no, and then it was, would you convict him on a misdemeanor possession? And they said yes. Now, I should explain something, and I don't want to, for some of my reasons, I don't want to get it, uh, strongly into, into details on this, but um, so what was going to happen today was I was going to be convicted on a misdemeanor possession, and then I had some negotiation with the, uh, uh, after that, that was, that was the assured that was happening today. Had some negotiation with the prosecutor as far as when I would be able to show up um, because I've got some loose ends in my life and you know nobody wants to say okay today's the day you're going to jail so sure. I don't have to show up until March or excuse me April 22nd which is I think nine days from now point of point um, of uh, information here uh, Bob now as I understand it you can still appeal to the Supreme Court uh, you've chosen to not do that. I don't think that's in, in uh, I'm tired and yeah. I just you know I'm just I have other things that I want to focus on. Can can you um, stick with us here for another uh, little bit? And I can. Continue I this can. discussion. Great. More with Bob uh, Constantine here in a moment. Uh, he is also known as Weta Claus and he has been on trial here for the past couple days in New Hampshire for allegedly growing cannabis. Was found uh, essentially a hung jury on those uh, those uh, the growing charges. Found guilty yep. on a misdemeanor possession charge. I'll tell you why that's such a good thing. More coming up. Hunting, shooting, camping, apparel, auto ATV, tactical gear, survival equipment. OutdoorBunker.com is your one-stop discount shop for all your outdoor survival needs. From scopes, holsters, and knives to backpacks, flashlights, sleeping bags, and more, OutdoorBunker.com features a massive selection at incredible prices. Orders over $100 get free shipping. FTL listeners, get the UTG Deluxe Universal Horizontal Shoulder Holster for only $9.95. I've got mine. Get yours at OutdoorBunker.com slash FTL now. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that you will find there. We've got a lot of stuff. Listening options are included. Broadband and dial-up versions of the show, they're there. You can uh, listen around the clock. The latest episode of Free Talk Live is always on at listen.freetalklive.com. Plus, you get information about our great radio stations, XM Satellite Radio, uh, the free-to-air satellite channel. We have webcam, the listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance and listen that way. Go get the details at listen.freetalklive.com. Get tuned in. And if you're on any prescription medications and you're getting your medications at a local pharmacy... You're likely paying more than you have to. There's a better way. Discount Prescription Services. They'll get you your prescription medications at seventy up to 70% off, and they'll deliver them right to your door. All you have to do is go to meds.freetalklive.com. Excuse me. Come. Got something in my throat here. <clears throat> Click Become a Member on the left side of the page, and uh, their customer service is excellent. They'll walk you through every step of the way. I've been through the process, and you'll save big time. They have a uh, special testing that they do in order to make sure that you don't get any counterfeit medications. These are uh, these are name brand medications that are got uh, through different means around the world and shipped right to your door. Whether it's Viagra, Cialis, Boniva, Ablify, Lipitor, Nexium, or Zetia, it's meds.freetalklive.com. 
All right, so we continue here. Uh, Bob Constantine is on the line with us, and he is the man. I mean, Bob has stood up against the state, refused to take a plea bargain on a, a, a what it was it essentially a felony charge of growing cannabis, growing a plant. Correct, and he was facing three to seven years in prison as a result of that. He could have taken a plea bargain, and he could have pleaded out to probably something like, you know, community service or something like the sentence that you actually ended up receiving, Bob, because turns out, for whatever reason, the jury did not convict you of this uh, this crime. You were not found not guilty, but they essentially were hung on the count of uh, the felony charge with uh, growing cannabis. They then did find you guilty on the misdemeanor on a misdemeanor charge, a much lower charge of possession of right. cannabis, and you and were I, sentenced to is it 60 days in in jail? Yeah, I, I should I should uh, clarify that. In terms of um where where we arrived at not guilty, uh, or they could not come to a unanimous decision on either of the felonies, and they indicated to the judge that I was going to be uh, found guilty on, on the possession charge. So at that point, I went back, and it's, a, it's kind of splitting hairs. You could technically say it's, it's a plea in, in this sense, and that um, I was able to negotiate not uh, having to step in their, uh, in their cage today, and I, I get nine days out and, and so forth there. The one thing that I, I'm not sure if, if, I, uh, if I got bamboozled um, on a probation charge, um, which I have and I, and I didn't particularly want, um, I was told that um, you're going to get that anyway. And I didn't know that, it, that you could be ordered to have probation, um, which during the uh, final minutes there, um, I indicated that I didn't th- think I should have probation because I didn't think that, you know, they, they want to put you through this um, rehabilitation, like, you know, get your mind right kind of thing. And I indicated that, you know, I've spoken at uh, the state uh, rep marijuana, uh, that legislative session. I intend to speak at the state Senate one probably tomorrow. And then I, you know, I'm a candidate, um, probably if this bill passes, my doctor will say, yes, he's a candidate for it. So I can't really see why the state wants to, you know, try and go through this charade of trying to rehabilitate me, you know, to, to get me to um, understand that uh, what my addiction is, you know, that, that kind of a thing at all. Do you really think it's about rehabilitation or is it about keeping you in a short leash? Because if you step the wrong way during your probationary period, they can... They can bring you back into court and say you violated your probation. Uh, you you off drank, to prison with you. Yeah, off to prison with you. Exactly. So, uh, you know, I'm not quite sure that it's really about uh, rehabilitation. But Bob, I have a question for you. This is Wayne. I'm just wondering if there was any specific moment in the trial where you felt was the turning point that where things went your way. Um, no, I, I didn't. I didn't. I felt that within the context of the trial because. I was so limited um, under the threat of contempt. There were certain, there were so many motions. The backstory to this is there were a lot of motions, and it's easy for someone to say, well, why didn't you say this or why didn't you say that? But the state was granted motions that precluded me from arguing certain things. Um, there were a couple of light moments there where I, I got one of the cops to admit that he uh, had smoked marijuana. 
I got one of the cops to admit that he'd worked on a Sunday, and I, and I broke out that Sunday law thing on him, and I even got the, the, the judge to smile a little bit. But there was no moment where I thought, this is going good. I thought I was making points with the jury. I thought there was a possibility that one would hold out for a little while, and, and then that would be it. I didn't think... Um, I was prepared that I was going to be convicted. Yeah, when I, was, when I talked to you, you, you were. Right, and Bob, and this is, I watched the videos today, I kept up to date with this coverage, and here's the thing that I think is most important for people to take away from this, is this is the, uh, the, the what happened today was the biggest victory that could reasonably be have been expected, and the, uh, the reason is, is that uh, the prosecution had said that if you had a hung jury on everything, they were going to bring it all back, Right. Yeah, well, there, there's a lot of stuff um, that I, it's it's a little speculation, but that I've I've had some assurance that that was what was going to happen, and I can't emphasize enough that this is um, personally draining, you know, because oh, yes. um, and there are other things uh, I I have not 100 percent assurance, but I think my house is safe now. Um, and again, that whole misdemeanor versus the felony—that's that's a that's a pretty big thing. So, right. Um, so the only thing that could have been better than this is if they would have found you not guilty on all three charges. And well, it seems really unlikely that that would have happened in this circumstance, right? I mean, I considering yeah, the, the evidence. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that was going to happen. And then um, I'm under the impression um, that even if you're found not guilty, and I don't think this would have applied in my case, but you never know. They can find your property guilty, mm. and then they can. Uh, there are time limits and so forth. But in the case of Patricia Smith, um, she was found guilty in the state of New Hampshire uh, for manufacturing marijuana. But then the feds came in and they leaned on her house, and and they found her house guilty of being the site mm. of a manufacturer. And I don't know exactly where that is. Last I knew, they might not steal her house if they give her a, a huge pile of money. So if she gives them those, a pile of money, you mean? Absolutely. Right. Sorry. I mean, so all those things, you know, they factor in. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm relieved to, to the point where I think that uh, my house might be safe. And um, That's good to you know. know. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't feel like, who the heck wants to go to, to jail for, you know, for a minute? But, um, no you know, 60 days is, is, is better than a year, two years, three years, whatever the heck it could have been. Tell so, me more about this probation uh, situation. You, you kind of touched on it, and I didn't see any news in the in the reports. Jason Talley from the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund at CD I'll Evolution. I'll probably Delta. write something up on, on that. Um, I'm uh, I'm going on just a couple hours sleep because, as you might imagine, the last couple of you, know, you don't sleep at night so good. Um, uh, totally understood. Then, in that case, should we let you go? Um, we're getting close. <laughs> I, what I really want to do is just thank everybody for the support and thank everybody, you know, for, for getting out there and, and, and getting it done. I mean, we're glad you're there, Bob, and I'm sure the support will continue while you're in jail uh, with people sending you mail in there and, and that sort of thing. So you won't be alone there either. And I thank you for, uh, for calling in tonight. More coming up. It's- the Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features like the news updates. You get signed up. And we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just head over to news.freetalklive.com and you can join up our emailed updates. Uh, You can follow Twitter or Facebook. Uh, Once again, go to news.freetalklive.com. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand, Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't going to be just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event is what you want to make of it. There'll certainly be some speeches and a debate, but the boat has a nice skating rink, rock climbing wall, and miniature golf, and a whole bunch more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November, but you need to reserve your berth now. The rates have already gone up on rooms, and they're going to go up more. Right now, we can guarantee the rate of about $600. It's a little over. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but uh, about $600 if you go to cruise.freetalklive.com. That rate's good till April the 17th. After that, you'll probably be able to get a room at least for a little while, but you'll probably have to pay more. It's cruise.freetalklive.com. All right. We go back here to continue to discuss Bob Constantine's trial. Uh, he was on trial for growing, allegedly growing over 30 plants, and uh, that is cannabis plants, marijuana. And uh, was uh, for some reason, somebody probably snitched him out. The cops came. Uh, he got arrested and has been dealing with this trial for the last year and a half of his life, uh, from what I understand. Uh, I had the pleasure of uh, being able to attend uh, for the first couple of days of the trial. It wrapped up yesterday. And then it was so it was Monday, Tuesday. And then today, the jury continued deliberating throughout a good portion of uh, of the day. Jason Talley is, is with us now. Bob's been you know going strong for quite a while and, and certainly deserves a, a long amount of rest. Uh, before he prepares to go to, to prison or go to jail for 60 days. Uh, Jason Talley is with us to kind of uh, continue wrapping up today's events uh, from the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund at cdevolution.org. Jason, thanks for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So you heard our conversation with Bob. I presume you're in the room for, for uh, most of it? Right, yes. Uh, so what... Uh, let me see if I if I can make sure I'm clear on exactly what has happened because I saw some of the updates over at the CD Evolution Fund uh, website cdevolution.org through their Facebook feed, and it it seemed to me like it was 60 days. It was a year sentence, 60 days of it in jail, the other 10 months suspended. Meaning that if something if he's not a good boy for two years after that or whatever a year after that, that they'll bring the 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 jail sentence back. The full 10 months will be applied at that point. Uh, exactly. That's what a suspended sentence is, and then a thousand dollar fine. Uh, that's all I thought it was. But now Bob's mentioning there's a probation aspect to it. Uh, right. Well, I mean, I believe he has a probation officer that he has to check in with for these. Um, I believe it's the seven days until he has to report or something like that. And so um, he's going to be working with a probation officer. And then, of course, when he gets out of the uh, state of New Hampshire cage. He's going to have to, uh, I guess, report to a probation officer, unfortunately. So the sentencing has been completed then at this point? Uh, yes, exactly. Okay, got it. I, You know, I feel like probation is absolutely what Wayne suggested it is before. It is a way for them to hold a huge axe over Bob's head, and it's much worse than a suspended sentence. A suspended sentence is one thing. Then you can pretty much, as long as you stay out of sight, uh, you know, the, the, the state's agent's sight, then you're usually going to be okay. Suspended means, you know, if you get caught for a misdemeanor or a felony or something like that or a major motor vehicle violation, that's when they revoke your sentence uh, and, and apply it or they revoke your 
your freedom, if you will, and then apply this, this the full sentence. sentence. But a probation usually means that they own you big time, uh, yep. that you have to check in with these probation officers, that in many cases drug testing will be ordered. Was it clear if that was part of the probation? Absolutely, and I think that's probably the main motivation for it. Uh, the uh, prosecutor, uh, Melissa Pierce, uh, who works for Laura Sappho at the, uh, the Grafton County Attorney, she... Uh, <laughs> Uh, she used to uh, always be out front um, smoking on uh, her um, tobacco cigarette. Mm-hmm, that's legal. And, uh, and, uh, but she uh, called, uh, like, uh, she said that Bob was, like, ad- addicted to dope. Yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> but, uh, but, you right. know. Like, smoking, uh, smoking cigarettes isn't dopey. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. What, what they're doing is they're denying uh, Bob medicine. Because, I mean, uh, you were there in the, uh, in the courtroom for two days. I mean, you saw that Bob was having some discomfort, you know, getting up and, yeah. and walking around. Um, but uh, so, yeah, they're just they're going to deny a medicine, a medicine that uh, grows out of the ground. And, uh, you, you know, he's called uh, Farmer Bob by some. He's, you know, he has a um, trying to start a homestead growing crops and, and, and chickens and everything. Now, why can't the man grow his own medicine? You know, why, why does he have to, you know, go it's uh, get a prescription for things? Um, yeah. <laughs> It's, so, it's ridiculous. I, I don't know if it's possible, but what like is it possible to even get like more jail time rather than go through probation? Because uh, the, uh, it's, it's, it's so easy to uh, to get a VOP, a violation of probation. They they basically designed the system. You go into any jail anywhere in America, right. And you talk to those guys, and you'll find a bunch of them. I don't know what the percentage is, it's but a bunch most of, them of them are there on VOP. They were arrested for some nonsense initially, like drug mm-hmm. possession or you know driving while license suspended, and then they end up getting a VOP while they're out and about for whatever arbitrary reason, not because they've harmed anybody, but because they've violated whatever arbitrary rules are applied to. Uh, Probation. I mean, I'd I'd almost rather spend uh, you know five months in jail than have two months on uh, on a year. Excuse me, two years worth of probation after that because I don't like the idea of having to jump through their hoops. That's exactly what Bob wanted. That was not on the table, unfortunately. Wow, wow, that's unfortunate. Well, you know, it's it's it is unfortunate, but I still I have to call this a victory because. You it's know, never a victory when you're dealing with the state. Understood, but um, you know, at this point, he was engaged. It's a damage reduction. It's a significant damage reduction. It was the most. It was the most. Uh, the best, most realistic outcome. The the of the realistic outcomes, it was the best possible one. Well, I don't know if I agree with that because we've had people who have had marijuana convictions like Bob who don't have any kind of uh, criminal history who've just spent a handful of – you know, they've been fined. They spent a handful of days in jail because they didn't pay the fine. So this was a pretty severe marijuana How possession charge. How many of those charge. people were, manuf- were growing marijuana plants? Well, nobody's been convicted of growing marijuana plants in Bob's case. That, that much is true. But <laughs> look, the fact is the state knew what happened. They sent their agents there. They had the evidence. They knew what was up. They sentenced him very, 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 very lightly for what they knew happened. Not for a possession The charge. fact is, people in, in the United States of America go to prison for one year for having a plant. And how many plants did Bob allegedly have? Over 30. Over 30. This well, well, talk, is a great outcome. Let's talk about what the yeah exactly. Let's talk about what the victory is, and that is that they, a jury would not convict him of uh, felony counts. Uh, there was there was no way that the uh, uh, they they found uh, prosecutor Pierce convincing or maybe just not likable. You know, maybe they just liked Bob and saw him as the peaceful person that he is, mm. and saw the state as, the, as as the bullies that they are. Well, and you know, Bob did appeal to their conscience. Um, if you 
Yeah, if you go to um, my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash watchtallytv, you can watch his uh, closing remarks. And I think he did a great job. I think he really connected with people. Yeah, I reposted and, those uh, over at uh, freekeen.com. And I thought that was really important. We talked about this last night, how because Bob did his own, he was his own lawyer, basically. He got to make the connection with the jury. He got to speak directly to them rather than through an attorney. And, of course, when you're your own uh, attorney, then that means you have a little bit more leeway with what you can say and what you can't say uh, up there. You know, Speaking of the jurors, Jason, did you actually get to talk to any of them? Were, would any of them agree to having a... A post-trial interview? No, um, actually, you know, uh, Lauren Canario showed up today with uh, Jim Johnson, her husband, and um, she was out there wrangling, talking to jurors, seeing if uh, they would come inside because it was raining, and we knew nobody would want to talk in the rain. Um, so, but everybody had uh, declined. I oh, guess it's unfortunate. Really get out of there. It is unfortunate. That's too bad too, because it's certainly the best jury uh, situation we've seen thus far. You mentioned Jim Johnson. He was on trial recently for a trespass charge for being at a jail, basically, being a, in a public place. And, uh, and He did have a cardboard sword. He was in front of a jury as well. His closing statement uh, wasn't as powerful as uh, as Bob's, and indeed, he was found guilty uh, by that, that full jury. But at least we were able to talk to a jury and kind of get the inside scoop as to what was going on. How it's, uh, it's, it's sad, though. Most of them certainly did not want to speak, and uh, in this case, Case, even though a relatively positive thing happened in the jury room, they still didn't want to talk to you because I guess they're scared, don't you think? Uh, I guess so. You know, they they probably just wanted to get back to their lives, and we're probably pretty satisfied that at least Bob didn't have to spend seven years in a cage. All right, well, let's talk about what's coming up. Can you stick with us? Absolutely. Welcome up, Free Talk Live. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me, Mark Edge? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water, it's an unconference where the event is what you make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey this November. But you need to reserve your berth now. They're about $600 double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. Cruise.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, dial in toll-free, bring up anything you want, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com, and joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. Um, And by the way, if you want to help support Free Talk Live, you like the fact that we give you the website for free, well, you can do that by shopping with us. Just go to shop.freetalklive.com. You'll find our Amazon links there. You click in through the appropriate Amazon for your country, and then you can shop as you normally would at Amazon. It's just that a portion of their profits will be sent to Free Talk Live if you start through the shopping links at shop.freetalklive.com. Once again, shop.freetalklive.com. We've got Jason Talley with us from the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund, cdevolution.org. Uh, today, a big decision Jury has come down uh, and has decided that Bob Constantine is uh, – they could not convict him of the uh, the alleged marijuana growing, but they did convict him 
of the marijuana of uh, possession of marijuana. So it wasn't a total jury nullification today, but perhaps somebody did decide to you know nullify. I mean, certainly somebody decided to hold their ground and not go to uh, guilty on the the growing charges, and that alone is mm-hmm. a is a pretty big success story considering the evidence that uh, that was presented in court. I think it would have been interesting to find out. So what is a jury nullification then a hung jury or is a jury nullification a complete not guilty good question what do you think jason um i mean i think there was some nullification in there i mean obviously it would have been better i mean i if i was on a jury i would have definitely let him go and uh, saw him as you know the, the, the victim here and the state as the aggressor but been, uh, well it would have been really great if the prosecutor would have come out and give him a lollipop afterwards too but i mean like uh, here's here's what i want to know ian keeps on saying it's not a, a not a nullification i said it's it, not to, a full jur- but jury but in my opinion that it in fact is because bob constantine or constantine i'm not 100% sure he said it doesn't matter uh, bob constantine said that he argued to have have the misdemeanor charge brought against him. The reason that he wanted the misdemeanor charge brought against him was so that the jury would have something to find him guilty upon and that he didn't want to have the manufacturing charge nullified or they, that he didn't want to be completely nullified. He wanted them to, to, to throw the prosecution something so they didn't come after him again if they got a hung jury. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. I mean, that's what that's what mm-hmm. set, uh, set on your video, Jason. Uh, yeah, I should watch that sometime. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, Mark. So that's my understanding of it. I can, somebody can go back if, and say, I don't know what that, that but the if, edge kid is talking about. I mean, well, you know, there's that's, one, that's one what thing I you, thought I saw. Right, there's one thing that's a little inaccurate in what you said. If if there had been a true nullification by the full jury, then they wouldn't have been able to bring the charge back. But the jury right, didn't if they nullif- would have found him not guilty. Correct. And that would be and a, I'm not sure that, that nullification a, is not guilty. I've never thought of it that way. Good question. I think it's a good question. I see you've already explained what you think it is. Um, I think that it's it's nullification when an individual does it. When an individual decides I'm going to vote not guilty for the purpose of I think this law is crap, that is an act of jury nullification. However, I wouldn't call it a full jury nullification unless the full jury, all twelve of them, decided to nullify. And that's as you as you pointed pointed out. That is very unlikely yeah. in this society with these very obedient jurors who are going to back the state and believe everything the state says. Um, just having one jury, one juror willing to nullify is very useful. Ideally, we'll someday see the the day when juries are setting people free with not guilties because of this nonsense. Uh, because they're they're sick and tired of this nonsense as much as we are, and that's just, why getting jury nullification out to people is very important. I just don't want to rain on this parade at all. As far as I'm concerned, this is cartwheel time. I mean, the the mm-hmm. the very best thing that's happened from a judicial activism standpoint in New Hampshire occurred today at this trial, and it's phenomenal. If it's I was sitting, I, I if I was sitting in his seat, I would be thrilled. I, he I, is. It is the best thing that has happened thus far, but I hope it's a sign of things to come and that we see better things happen and that people are no longer sent into cages for, for possessing, you know, a plant. Jason, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I just want to talk about the uh, the nullification efforts. I mean, there's the uh, the website, nhjury.com, that is, has been recently launched, and we're looking for people to contribute content. Um, it has a list of all the points of contact throughout the, the state of New Hampshire for um, the different courthouses where you can do jury nullification. Um, but 
people would park their cars and put signs in the window for com. There were people in the rain, um, you know, standing out there holding signs, you know, talking to, you know, asking the question, seven years for gardening, um, you know, talking about uh, the, the medicinal use of, of marijuana. So the jurors were able to you know, walk in and out and see the concern that people had for Bob and you know, just, just show that, you know, there are people that support and like Bob. And I, I think they really could not... Not just they connected with the jurors, but of course Bob connected with the jurors also. And I would imagine it would be a really difficult um, situation to be in to say, okay, well, go go in your state cage because that's the law when it's just a ridiculous law that harms. Yeah, the you know, it may have been uh, not so much the jury nullification information, but just the the signage that let them know that he was facing seven years because that never would have come out in court. And had Bob's uh, supporters and friends not been there holding those signs, and you and I were there, uh, Jason, and there were a number of other great folks, about 40 other folks uh, came out throughout the entirety of the trial to uh, to help out in various ways. Had that sign of the seven years for gardening not been there, maybe, maybe he would have been convicted. Maybe they didn't even think so much about jury nullification, but just saw that this man that was very nice and very calm and cordial, could have been going into a cage for seven years, and they just decided we can't do this to this guy. Now, I think this is very interesting, that sign, because that sign, as far as I'm concerned, is extraordinarily important. The sign that said that uh, Bob Constantine was facing up to seven years. I think juries should be informed of this. But this is what that judge in Florida was so concerned about. That, in fact, is jury tampering. No, it's not. Okay, jury tampering is uh, if it were jury tampering they would have arrested him for it no, that's jury a, tampering. Well, the, there's all kinds of crimes in america that go unarrested no, well they, they is, would have liked to i think i'm pretty sure they would like to stop the jury outreach explain Mark, to me so, how it's not uh go ahead and pull up the law i don't have it in front of I me but i'm pretty sure jury that tampering. jury tampering has to do with specifically suggesting to a juror that they should do something in a in a case right this was a question seven years for gardening it's a very effective question it should have, somebody should have brought it up in court, but I guess the, the judge wouldn't have allowed that. Right. Unduly so attempting to influence the decisions of a jury. Well, yeah. right, but I mean, obviously Bob wasn't. As a matter of fact, he went in no, one of his statements. In one of his statements, he was talking about uh, you know his freedoms being taken away, and uh, this is in his closing remarks. And uh, the prosecutor, Melissa Pierce, she objected. And but it was kind of funny, and, and I used that in the um, the episode of Tally TV. Because, you know, he's talking about freedoms, and she's like, I object. And, yeah, of course you object to his freedoms and everybody else's freedoms. That's why you're a prosecutor. But, um, yeah, as far as the signs go, um, they were primarily done by um, Evan Pierce, who is now in a, uh, in a cage of his own in uh, Cheshire County. And I'm not even sure that uh, he knew. I don't think he knew the, the specifics of the case um, and didn't know the prohibitions. He just, you know, made a bunch of signs. I've got no then, problem with it, Jason. I'm not saying that I think that it's bad to have done it. I'm just asking questions about this. And is this, oh, yeah, yeah, I does, know. This, does I, this fit I, the realm of jury tampering, which so many of these judges are so concerned about? Well, right. But what I'm trying to say is you had an individual that made these signs and maybe it touched on or no. I mean, it definitely touched on some things that um, they didn't want the jurors to know about. But it was kind of accidental in, in that situation, and just the fact that people picked up these signs and held them. It was actually a John Connell from the Peaceful Assembly Church. He saw that sign. He loved it. Yep. He stood in the rain. That sign is so beat up now because every time there was a, a lunch break or anything, he was out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was consistently out there. And it's just 
that's just one example of the dedication of the uh, the Shire activists that were there to support Bob. Absolutely, but, they actually drew the blinds at one point on the th- the final or the second day. They drew the blinds during the jury deliberations to the jury room because we were standing out there in an area where we could easily be seen by the jurors when they were in the room. And plus, a lot of them came outside for a cigarette break, and so we were easily able to stand there with uh, various different signs. I mean, mine my sign said "No Victim, No Crime." Mark, do you think that's jury tampering? No, I'm telling you that um, that that. The circum- like see Bob could say that during his closing statements. However, he couldn't say uh, I'm going to facing up to seven years in this, and that is because it's information that the judge doesn't want the jury in to the have courtroom because they he feels that for whatever reason it is influencing the jury in some manner or another. You asked me to look up jury tampering. Here's the one definition I came up is with. Is this from the Certainly New Hampshire is, RSAs? No, this is not from the New Hampshire I RSAs. I doubt. I don't even know if uh, jury tampering would be in the well, New Hampshire yeah, RSAs. It is. It's in every probably likely in every state uh, government's RSA, and that really is what matters is what their own rules. Uh, say on that. You're jumping uh, to a conclusion that they're not arresting people because you don't think um, that they they had the standing to. I don't know that that's true. Jason, thanks for being on tonight. Appreciate the information and folks can go to cdevolution.org to continue to get updates on this. Is that correct? That's right, and we're also going to cover the uh, Evan Pierce's uh, caging, so there's a lot of things to cover at cdevolution.org. Excellent, and uh, certainly keep us in the loop as to what's going on. Always appreciate hearing from you. Hour number two is coming up. You can take control at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. And now it's time for Letty's Easter Countdown, the part of the radio show where Letty comes out and counts down. Eleven days, count them. Then it's Easter. Last year's unused jelly beans are this year's refried jelly beans. This has been Larry's Easter Countdown. Tune in tomorrow for another Easter message. Veggie Tales presents Twas the Night Before Easter. Get ready to celebrate the season and discover what helping others is really all about. I've been working on an Easter-themed musical. Up with bunnies. We need a star. Cassie Cassava. She's big time. It's an all-new Easter adventure full of bunnies, music, and love. Featuring American Idol finalist Melinda Doolittle as Cassie. Helping one another. Veggie Tales Twas the Night Before Easter. Available at Walmart, Family Christian Stores, and retailers everywhere. Own it today on DVD. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find there for free. Of course, you can get interactive in various different ways on our site. And uh, again, all free for you. Freetalklive.com. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. Uh, of course, we will take your phone calls about anything. And then actually, Mark, last night we started something we never even got a chance to really get through very much of. The Seven Sins of the Forced Education System. If you could pull that up. I'm ready to go with it. Hopefully we'll nice. pick that, uh, that ball up again here. But we were talking about jury tampering uh, in reference to what has happened with the Bob Constantine trial here in New Hampshire, which we've been covering in depth uh, on this show for the last couple days. And uh, the verdict came in today from the jurors. They decided that he could not be found guilty on the alleged growing of marijuana uh, charge, which was a felony. They could not find him guilty of another felony, I guess, 
growing of marijuana charge as well, which was a lesser charge, but still a felony. And they did find him guilty on possession of marijuana, um, which is going to hold a penalty of 60 days in jail, a year suspended or 10 months suspended sentence and two years probation. So it's not exactly something that is anybody. I think, as you said, Mark, it's the best thing that's happened. You said you'd be doing cartwheels about it. I'm not as excited uh, to do cartwheels, but I am excited because it is the best uh, jury result that we've seen thus far in the liberty movement here in New Hampshire. And it bears mentioning that the the prosecution offered him something superior to this in order to settle. So he had the best possible outcome and... He was offered something better in a settlement. And this just goes to show how utterly broken and disgusting the judicial system is. A man who has harmed no one, who is growing plants, gardening, has been given a sentence through a win, like a a real win with some jurors that took a stand against these immoral laws, has been given a sentence that was harsher than what the prosecution offered him in the uh, in, in the negotiation process, it's disgusting. So one of the things we were talking about. And By the way, this is a medical marijuana situation. This isn't some guy who is just growing it for whatever recreational purposes he care. had. I don't have a problem with it either. I'm just saying, some somebody out there listening, he wasn't allowed to talk about that. By the way, has has an issue. Just so you know, he was not right. allowed to bring that up. Right, and this is this is tri- this is what trials are like in the United States of yeah. America. I'm sorry when you tell somebody that they can't defend themselves in this way, that way, this way, that way. It takes that whole "this is a fair trial" thing mm-hmm. and it tosses it out the window. Yep, it makes it easy to get railroaded. So uh, we were talking about tampering with jurors because some folks were outside holding signs. Uh, in, in front of the courthouse, and there's this jury entrance, which is easily accessible, and so we were standing around holding signs like, no victim, no crime, vote your conscience, uh, was one of the signs that I had. Mark, do you think that one's jury tampering? Let me read you the, uh, the definition of jury tampering from the Florida statute, so I was able to find that one. Uh, tampering with jurors, any person who influences the judgment or decision of any grand or pettit juror on any matter, question, cause, or proceeding, which may be pending, or which may by law be brought before him or her as such juror, with intent to obstruct the the administration of justice shall be guilty of a felony of the third degree. No, and I'm telling you, look, I'm not advocating for anybody being arrested on anything here. I'm just telling you that I believe from their definitions that holding up that sign that said seven year, you know, seven years for gardening. Or Only that was, one, though. You're saying vote your conscience is not attempt to influence a juror. No, I, d- I don't think it is because it's not obstructing the business of justice or whatever it is on the end. We see the the judge said that that information could not be given to the jury in the trial, so therefore. Giving that information to the jury outside the trial is jury tampering. But the judge it's the can same only reason control. the jurors are, are told, you know, don't go out and look for, look at information right. on this case because they don't want them to find out information that they're not allowed to be given in the courtroom. Well, they want to control the, the information he, flow right. to the uh, to the jurors. So therefore, giving a juror information outside of a courtroom, if you went to one of their houses and you said, hey, you know what, he could get up to seven years for this. Do you think that they could get you for obstruction or excuse me for tampering? Bring with a jury? I, I don't know, Mark. You're I'm right. telling I mean, you, yes, I think they can. They can certainly go after you for anything they want to, uh, but it's very interesting that they didn't decide to make that arrest. Let's talk to John in New Hampshire. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello? Hello, John. Hey, John. Hello? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, yeah, I might be the guy to talk to on a couple of these issues. I was calling in general about my perception about the jury. I was the guy holding that seven-year sign. That's right. I Thank you for doing it. it. Huh? Thank you for doing it. 
You're welcome, and, you know, my pleasure. Uh, yeah, so we can get to the tampering first, or we can get to it after. Let me tell you, let, let me, let me get address what I wanted to do sure. first, I think, with my general perception with what happened with the jury. We often hear and say it only takes one juror to nullify this case. So this gets to what Ian's saying, is it or isn't it? Full nullification. We're always saying it only takes one. We hear these conversations, and we and we have you know we we say the stuff ourselves. And I hear it at the court this week. It looks like maybe one juror is holding out. And I say, why do you think it's just one juror? For all we know, it might be the guy with the cane who was the grumpiest among them who's going. I'm refusing to go on with the eleven of you who want to let him go. Nothing like a cranky Yankee, you know? Right. We don't know. We don't know that it's one guy holding out or one woman. It could very well be the opposite. Mm -hmm. It might have been 11 that wanted to free Bob. But I'm guessing if it was only one holding out, they would have held the jury longer and said, why don't you guys keep working on it? When the jury, when they sent the note saying, we're not going to be able to decide this, they were locked hard. Yeah. Right? Mm. So now I'm out there holding the sign, and I don't target the jury, and that's just the way I am. Some people might go, oh, John, you're being tricky, okay, you don't want to get caught tampering with the jury. No, this is the way I am. Anybody who witnesses me, who has known me for any amount of time, knows when I go and do this stuff, I'm not looking for jurors. I'm, I'm trying to alert the public that there are things going on inside that building that they need to know about. When I hand out brochures on jury outreach... I don't just hand them to jurors. I hand them to lawyers. I hand them to the victims sure. that are coming, the, the, the police state's victims. I give them to the lawyers. I give them to the workers. In fact, a month ago when we were at this particular courthouse, one woman said, actually, I'm the prosecutor. And I reached in my back pocket and I said, well, maybe you'll want to have this one. Here you are, ma'am. Huh? Here you are, ma'am. Yeah, well, I had a special one for her. I said, maybe, and I put my fingers in the quotes thing. I said, maybe we're going to give you a little more business because we're going to start encouraging people not to take the plea. So you'll be seeing, you know, as the activism ramps up, we'll give you a little more business. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's going in a different direction. Yeah, I do the you same see? thing, by the way, uh, here in Keene. We target uh, anybody that walks into the courthouse, but we are doing it specifically in the time of day when jurors are expected to arrive, or prospective jurors, rather, are expected to arrive. And so despite that, for the three years we've been doing jury outreach, never once has anyone ever threatened us uh, with any kind of jury tampering of any sort. Well, I would think when the jurors are arriving is a good time. There's yeah. a lot of people coming in and out of the building. Right. Yeah, but... And so when I stand there with a sign, I think that anybody, including the judge who drives by, and I, and I wave to him, or the sheriff and all his deputies who drive by, or the bailiffs, and I wave to them, or the construction workers who are going by, and everybody else whom I wave to, this is general. Now... Okay, when it gets to be the juries over here, that's where the action is. Guess what? I'm still informing the public. Very good, so, John. So, so anyway, so there I am on the on the tampering thing. Anyway, with with the what's my perception? So I spent a lot of time out there, as Jason said. When you know, even whatever, whenever there's a break, I'm out there. Yep. Uh, mostly when I get to see all the jurors. So when there's a break, I get to see you know, there's like three jurors out there smoking. Mm-hmm. 
But when, it, you know, at the beginning of the day, I'm seeing people coming in, and after a while I go, oh, that's one of the jurors. And I'm not targeting them. They're just people coming in the parking lot. And I notice some of them want to put, like, the blinders on when they drive by. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some people, they look like, oh, I want to look over there, but I'm not supposed to. Some people look like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah. Others look like, oh, I really don't appreciate your message. And others look like, oh, I need to know that. Hmm. It's certainly Hello. worth being out there, and I'm glad you yeah. were there. And uh, thank you, John, for uh, for standing up for Bob yeah, Constantine. Thanks for your hard work in this one, John. I appreciate hearing from you tonight as well. At 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We had over 40 activists there over the two days I was there, I think. But we could have had more, and so there's a lot of room to grow here. So come on up and join the fun. We'll tell you more about how you can do that with the Pork Fest coming up here in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We've got the shrine of female listeners there. The dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo. Show they are listeners of this program. Shrine.freetalklive.com. You can go there, and if you're a lady listener, get details on how to become part of the shrine. All right, so uh, we've been talking about the Bob Constantine trial wrapped up uh, today with the jury deciding to not find him guilty, uh, but he was not found not guilty either. It was a hung jury on the charge of growing marijuana. Manufacturing. And manu- so-called manufacturing. And they did find him guilty instead on a possession charge. Right, so- I think it's important to say the manufacturing because it just shows how ludicrous all of this is. You can't yeah. manufacture a plant. You grow plants. Well, that's the legal land for you, where yeah. words mean things that they don't normally mean in the English language. Well, and, and people need to be shown day in and day out how those folks in the legal world communicate in different fashions than we do. Yet they expect you to understand all their yeah. laws and obey them, right? I mean, right. Like, how am I really going to go about manufacturing marijuana? I mean, speak English, people. So uh, we're going to give you a chance to meet some of the people that you hear about so much on this radio program. Because a lot of people out there listening, uh, they I've heard people say that they didn't believe it was real. That they, yeah, yeah, I heard you Free Talk Live guys talking about uh, all these activists and these activism things happening up in New Hampshire. And come on, it's not really like that, is it? Yeah, come on, you guys aren't actually, there's not a bunch of people really doing something for freedom up in New Hampshire, is there? Well, this goes to show that there is. Well, there is indeed, and you can prove it for yourself by actually coming out to meet these uh, real live human beings at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's a great opportunity to do that, a great excuse to come up to New Hampshire and to experience the beauty, the natural beauty that surrounds us here. It's going to be happening at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. It's just an incredible location, same place it was last year. Uh, it's the Porcupine Freedom Festival, also known as Porkfest. You can go to porkfest.com to get registered, P O R C. FEST.com and also learn a lot more about the event and, and what to expect. Uh, what you can expect is 
just a group of some of the most amazing people coming together for a week-long camping excursion. Now, if you can't make it for the whole week, don't worry. Come up for the weekend. Whatever amount of time you can spend at Porkfest will be worth your while. It is a great experience to be with these people. I mean, it's just an incredible group of folks. And there's all kinds of things going on, everything from more adult kind of partying uh, happening and to family fun. And actually, I just got an email from the Porkfest organizers today about some of the, the family fun activities that they've got going on. Because we've kind of touched on the fact that there will be activities for families and kids, uh, but we haven't really gotten into uh, to detail about them. So from here's just a kind of a quick rundown. They're going to have the first ever family fun carnival uh, on Saturday at Porkfest, uh, the biggest family event of Porkfest, including the Dunk Tank fundraiser, um, which, by the way, myself and Mark will be a part of. I, also, I cannot wait to dunk you in that water. I also hear that Sovereign Curtis. <laughs> I don't care uh, how much money I have to spend. Is going to be up there as well as the uh, Free State Project's president. The Family and Little Kids Olympics happening on Friday. Uh, so they'll be playing all kinds of you know fun games like hula hooping and bubble popping and stuff like that. Uh, an educational forum where if you're concerned about state regulations, finding homeschooling groups, or getting to know the individuals who are fighting for, for parental rights, uh, this will be a one-stop shop addressing those concerns. So educational freedom activists... Homeschoolers and unschoolers will be answering questions and discussing various aspects of education in New Hampshire. You know, and a lot of parents really want to know this. They're, you know, getting into the, they like the idea of uh, homeschooling. They like the idea of, of unschooling. They don't know much about it. There's concern. There's concerns that they have one way or the other. And it's awesome awesome to have people to ask questions that have been through it in some cases some of these people have been through it many many times because they've got you know five or six kids. The Youth Agora Expo. Youth can display, sell, trade, or barter for their creations, expertise, and wares. Do you make lollipops, have a collection of cards to trade, embroider, knit, carve wood, fix computers, collect coins, have a skill worth teaching, paint, make marshmallow guns, or have a collection of silly bands to trade? Sign up at registration. So the opportunity to engage in some free market activities. But also other like youth-specific uh, stuff like crafts, games and activities, family hikes, uh, a pool and pizza party. There's going to be a Monday mixer. So to kind of start things out at the beginning of the week, uh, they'll have a teen mixer. Uh, family field trips will be available, plus the scavenger hunt. Campsite classes, bonfires. I mean, it's going to be a blast. If you've got kids, you should bring them to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. But if you are somebody who is also, you know, maybe you're a prude, I don't know if you want to be bringing, uh, you know, yourself to this because there's also, I heard there's also going to be like a head shop uh, at, <laughs> at Porkfest. So you've got to be okay with the idea of seeing maybe some inebriated people because there are, it's, it's also an adult event as well as being a family fun event. Uh, so I guess if you're more of an open mind, some though, you'll have I mean, a, during you'll have the day when you're wandering around, I didn't notice anybody who appeared to look like a, you know, a homeless person. No, I didn't, I didn't notice I that didn't either. I didn't see that. Um, so, you but know. There is some open cannabis uh, smoking uh, going on, and if that offends you, then you may you may need to be a little cautious. Uh, but otherwise, you know, I think that the liberty community generally is very tolerant of those sorts of activities and understanding of them, and so hopefully you will be as well. Go to porkfest.com to get registered. Uh, use our discount code FREETALKLIVE to save yourself 20% on the registration. That's FREETALKLIVE without any spaces in it. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. As we continue with your phone calls, Jeff is in Idaho. Jeff, you're on Free Talk Live. Gentlemen, uh, the reason for my call is uh, here recently in Idaho, the state superintendent of schools uh, introduced a bill, and it was actually passed to uh, eliminate teacher tenure and uh, introduce teacher merit pay, meaning if they do a great job, they get paid better. If they do a poor job, they do poorer. Um, 
that kind of got me thinking about uh, some options with with every other government bureaucrat, and I kind of wanted to know your uh, your thoughts regarding that. Okay. And it brings like a, a market element to a to a bureaucracy. Well, in this case, if I can comment on these particular instances, I think that it uh, generally is a bad idea. It's like putting um, it's it's like putting icing on a on a turd when you do these kind of situations <laughs> where you're trying to get the uh, the. Um, you know the, the 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 government bureaucrat the bureaucracy to act like the marketplace. I just don't think it's possible, and I think that it um, it's almost unfair. Uh, these you know these the, the teachers that get the teachers that get these merit raises are teachers that are able to more successfully teach to the test, and um, I. I don't want my kid taught how to take, you know, their test or whatever it is that they want, um, you know, my son to learn. I want my son to learn practical things about living. And the fact is, kids learn through having fun. That's what play was developed mm-hmm. uh, through. So when you have these situations where we're going to sit down and we're going to get some academic work done, kids, well, yippee, isn't that fun? So that's my thought on that. Go ahead. You know, I just saw, by the way, the the documentary called the the cartel, and it was all about education and how a lot of bad teachers will just sit and not do anything. That's true. And not teach, and those teachers should be fired. I mean, there are teachers who try, who maybe aren't as good as the best teachers, but they try and they try to teach and they try to do a good job. But there are teachers clearly who are just completely incompetent, lazy, and don't do anything and don't teach anybody. And they should be out, and, and because of tenure, it prevents them from being fired. And I think so. I think ten, eliminating tenure would be a good idea. There you go, Jeff. Any other thoughts? Um, no, I I listen to you guys daily. I uh, have for years, and, and I love the show. Thanks, Glad sir. you're out there, dude. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You may take control of the airwaves. And bring up whatever you'd like. 800-259-9231. Good thing he brought us back around to the school discussion because we do want to to continue. pay him for a segue? No. We do want to uh, continue with the seven educational sins by the forced indoctrination system. And uh, Mark will share that with us here in a few moments. Of course, we'll take your calls as well about anything. It's Free Talk Live. Liberty Maniacs is the largest online Liberty brand. Featured the most comprehensive selection of original posters, stickers, apparel, embroidered hats, and over 100 different products from around the world. From hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary, Liberty Maniacs is devoted to outfitting the Liberty movement with intelligent, eye-catching, and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to Liberty. Best of all, Liberty Maniacs offers a no-hassle, money-back guarantee on all products. LibertyManiacs.com. Where's something worth saying. Free Talk Live, you can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever is on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free. So enjoy those on us. We've got archives. If you've missed a moment, they're right there on the top of the website. Last week's worth. Then click into the archive section, and that'll take you all the way back to late 2006. It's all free at freetalklive.com. We've been talking about schooling and the judicial system on the show tonight. Well, 
if you didn't get any real schooling on the judicial system in school, here's the schooling you should have gotten. It's jurisdictionary.com. And I can assure you, you didn't get uh, the, 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 the sort of information that you need in order to move the court, to, to get evidence, to move for discovery. All the things that you need to know when you go into court, you'll get from jurisdictionary.com. It works for people without lawyers who have to know what it takes to win and for people with lawyers who want to minimize their legal fees and maxing maximize winning by knowing what they should be doing. It works for plaintiffs or defendants. It costs less than an hour with any good lawyer, and it's so easy the average eighth grader could go through the complete four-CD set in a single weekend. You can get it at Jurisdictionary.com. I've got it. It's a great course, and I'm studying up on it because I've actually got something coming up, too, at Jurisdictionary.com. It made a difference, I think, for Bob Constantine, uh, the guy who was found – he was not found guilty – but he was also found, not found not guilty. I think that he may have done worse had he just allowed a lawyer to handle that case. Mm-hmm. I think that he did better with this marijuana charge uh, case that he faced this week because he was able to directly connect to people. I think that makes a difference rather than just being that guy sitting over there at that table looking strange, mm-hmm. you know. I'm not saying yeah. Bob Constantine looks uh, looks strange. But no, but that's that's kind but of how it to is. The juror. Yeah, with a defendant. Yeah, that's the criminal. Mm, he's well, no. the accused. It's it's different when you, mm-hmm. the so-called criminal, uh, get to actually speak to the jury. Yep. Plus, there's a lot more leeway as well for uh, for individuals in those cases. So, jurisdictionary.com. Uh, all right. So let's continue here. We'll take your phone calls and then continue discussing education first. Andrew is on the line with us in Michigan. Andrew, you're on Free Talk Live. The Ian Wayne and Mark. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I was thinking about uh, Bob Constantine or all. He's also referred to as Weta Clause, right? Yes. That's correct. Well, like, what if we took the folk image of Weta Clause? Like, I'm thinking about those 1950s claymation-type um, movies with puppets and the uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah, Christmas Island and that kind of thing. Yeah, like, what if we made one but took Weta Clause and implanted him and um, tried to make a movie? about it like i'm just thinking are you talking about animation or live action um those are animation aren't they yes okay i I just i can't even imagine where one would start making the animated uh um you know uh, 30 minute movie or whatever of weed Claus. well probably you wouldn't want to do 30 minutes you'd probably want to do like web episodes two minutes or something like that something to make it more youtube uh compatible good idea but yeah, it's a fine idea if you uh, if you're an animator or you know somebody, uh, you should do that. Yes, I, I certainly wouldn't uh, wouldn't wouldn't uh, rain on your parade. It sounds like a great idea. And, anything else you want to share <laughs> tonight? No, that's about it. Thanks, dude. Appreciate hearing from you. Yeah, anybody with a great idea should uh, put it out there. And uh, of course, the trick with a great <laughs> it's idea, only a great idea, if you do it, <laughs> right? The trick with a great idea is that uh, usually you have to get other people. If you don't like, for instance, if if Michael uh, or excuse me, Andrew doesn't doesn't have the technical ability to do this. If he doesn't have the ability to do the animation, for instance, make a flash video or something like that, if he can't do that on his own, then he has to inspire someone else. And that's the tricky part. Inspire him or pay him. Because I've had had what I consider to be a great idea for a long time, and I've never actually taken in the ball and run with it, and nor has anyone else. Even though I've been told what a great idea that is. So you have to get people to essentially... I don't know how you do it in, in a lot of cases. Right. If you knew how to do it, you'd have gotten them to do it, right? Yeah. My idea was to uh, to essentially go into the city council meeting prior to the city council actually meeting, like maybe 20 minutes prior, 
and go in and just sit down in their chairs or half an hour prior and sit down in their chairs <laughs> with your feet up and hold your no just hold your own council meeting uh and it essentially would be a mock meeting where you would be satirizing what they do as a city council you know you can grab the gavel and one of them would be the mayor and the others would be the council members and you could have you know some uh local business owner or someone representing a local business owner come in and you know bow down and kiss the boot of somebody and you know trying to get like a sidewalk permit or something like that you know some some absurdity taking something that they do on a regular basis and making it funny by poking you know poking fun at it satirizing it to some extent but that would require a significant level of participation uh, as well as dedication. Yeah, you, need to, you need as many uh, city councilors as there are. No, you wouldn't have to do it one for one. You need multiples. You would need probably a good five people, that one for the mayor, maybe a couple city councilors on both sides of him. Uh, and you'd probably also need people there to videotape it and people to participate as the, you know, the, the audience or the... the Anyway, it's a big it's a big idea, and I think that there probably are enough people to do it. But then again, it may be a risk of uh, possible disorderly conduct charge. So you never know. Whenever you step out of the the box of the political realm, there's always the chance that something that, that they might put some bracelets, uh, metal bracelets on you, and put you in a cage. But you'd be desecrating their sacred room. That's the idea: uh, is to laugh at them and point uh, point at them and make fun of them because they hate that. They hate it when you don't take their system seriously. And, of course, there's some activists that hate that as well. Some of the people in the liberty movement can't stand it that a number of us just don't take the system seriously and we laugh at them and we, we make fun of them. And I think that that's one of the most effective things that you can do because if you can laugh at these tyrants as they are tyrannizing you, then it takes away some of their power. Well, you're not laughing at the activists that uh, are involved in the political system. You're acting. You're laughing at the, at the tyrants. tyrants that are in the political system. Right. I just want to make it clear. It didn't, didn't sound entirely clear. Well, laughing only goes so far, but that can also escalate the tension between you. But I think that getting the tyrants to realize what they're doing is probably the most powerful thing you can accomplish by letting them realize that they are basically inflicting violence and and coercion against Mm -hmm. innocent people. people. Well, Mark Stevens had a good suggestion for that, Wayne. I don't know if you saw this, but over at freekeen.com, I reposted his recent article about the affidavit of fear. And what Mark suggests is that there are a number of people, probably the super majority of people that might consider themselves activists or fancy the idea of being an activist. We've said over and over on this show, there are different roles for everybody. Not everybody can do civil disobedience. I happen to think it's a pretty powerful thing, but I also understand that only a very select amount of people are in the right life circumstances and have the right mindset uh, in order to allow them to do that. So for the rest of us that aren't doing those things but still want to do something to get the word out about freedom and stand up at some, to some extent, Mark Stevens suggests the affidavit of fear. And the idea is that whenever you have to do something that you – like the government makes you do something that you otherwise would not want to do, like get a business license or get a – you know pay taxes, pay property taxes, you name it. Whenever you've got the opportunity to say send a check into the state, you send an affidavit of fear along with it, like a you know, nice page or two-page document that essentially outlines why it is that you're doing this. Like, you know, hey, Mr. Bureaucrat, I'm sending you this check today, but only because I'm afraid of what it is that you and your people will do to me if I don't. And you kind of explain that in, in detail and why it is. You're not doing this of your own volition. This is not a voluntary act on your part. This is an act 
based out of fear. You are cutting them this check for the property tax or the car registration fee or whatever the the item is that they're demanding of you. You're doing this because you are afraid of them. Just to let those bureaucrats know. To make it so that they're not just able to go along with their daily tasks yeah. and ignore at, that. At the, at the, they'll never have seen something like this and they'll right. probably not even be thinking that they're you know that they participate in a system like this. So at the very least it, it you know it's, it's a heads up. Yeah, it, it lets them know. Right. Rather than you just being one more check for them to process, it's it'll stand out. And if more people start to do this, then it'll become something a little more common for them and then they'll realize that this is a growing movement. So I think it's a neat idea, and that's something you can do anywhere. You don't have to be in New Hampshire uh, to do something like that, and it's entirely passive. You know, it does not uh, – it's not a threat or anything like that. It's just saying, hey, I'm scared of you. That's why I'm doing this. So you can go to um, markstevens.net. That's Mark with a C. His article's there. It's also over at freekeen.com. Search for Affidavit of Fear, and that'll bring it up. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Still plenty of time for your calls, your thoughts. You can bring up absolutely anything. Plus, uh, if we get a chance, we'll talk more about the seven educational sins of the forced indoctrination system. 800-259-9231. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Lil Drums. Every bit as fun as a full-size Nestle drumstick cone and definitely cuter. Visit us at drumstick.com. Vacations are all about family time, but you don't have to leave home to have fun. Take one weekend a month and devote it to family activities. Pull out the board games and puzzles, serve up some treats, or have a picnic. Even without leaving home, you'll feel like you've really had some time away. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you'd like. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site. They're completely free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. Uh, so, uh, speaking of those features on the website, by the way, we've got our mobile site. You can actually go to m.freetalklive.com to get quick access to our live streams and uh, our podcast as well. That's m is in mobile.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's SACL CAI. All right, so we continue taking your phone calls about what you'd like. Let's go to Hannah listening in Connecticut. Hannah, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hi. Hey there. Um, so I just wanted to, uh, I thought it was worth mentioning uh, in regards to Bob Constantine's trial that uh, besides his jail sentence and probation, um, he was also ordered to pay a $1,000 fine. And um, I think uh, he would really appreciate if people could help him out with that. Um, oh, I didn't realize he intended to pay that fine. I should have asked uh, Jason Talley from this uh, CD oh. Evolution Fund. Okay. Yeah, that, well, that's a good question. Uh, there, I mean, there's a, a something set up for him on his website where people can chip in for that. What is his website? So thought, sorry? Uh, what is his website? Oh, it's weedaclause.com. Oh, okay. And if you want to, yeah, and if you go to weedaclause.chipin, that's one word, uh, C-H-I-P-I-N.com, um, 
then you can, uh, there's a little widget there where you can contribute. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested in knowing if he is or is not intending to pay that because a lot of activists up here refuse to pay uh, the fines that are levied After against After you've spent uh, the, the two months in jail and, and whatever else he's got to do, he may very well just not want to uh, go, you know, spend – you can give uh, – you have to give 50 – it was $50 a day uh, basically Correct. is what his uh, jail time is worth and so therefore he'd have to spend another, another month. Yeah, yeah that, that wouldn't be much fun. So uh, yeah. thanks for the heads up on that, uh, Hannah. Anything yeah, else sure. you want to share? Um, well, just to try to convince people to chip in, I mean, legal fees are expensive, and uh, I'm sure he depleted a good amount of his savings uh, during this trial. So, yeah, so anyway, he'd really appreciate that. So very go good. to leadaclause.chipin.com. All right. Thanks very much. Thank appreciate hearing from you. <laughs> you. Yep, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. The, the sad part about paying fines is that it's money that goes to enrich the aggressors. It's Indeed. money that goes directly into the coffers of the very people who brought this case against him. It will go to pay that woman, who uh, the prosecutor, the Harridan, who had uh, attacked him in court. And uh, that's, I think it's, it, that is really distasteful to a lot of activists, the idea of paying that fine. Many people would rather say, spend the time in prison or, or an alternative that has worked twice for me but has not always worked uh, for some activists. I know that uh, Dale, who's normally on with us Monday nights, has tried this and it didn't work for him. But I've tried it twice and it's worked twice uh, where you offer to pay whatever the, f- the fine is to a local charity because typically they'll allow – Instead of paying fines, they will typically allow people who are maybe dif- they have difficulty with money, for instance, to work as a community service mm-hmm. and work work a certain number of hours at like ten dollars an hour to pay off the the fine essentially. And so, I would think that paying a uh, a fine to a community service oriented group like the homeless shelter, the the food kitchen, or something like that, whatever right. it is in your area, whatever, <laughs> may also be something that could get an approval. So, if I were Bob, I would uh, put in for a kind of a motion to. Reconsider on that sentence and ask for ask the man in the robe to say change that thousand dollar fine into either community service or because I know that Bob actually does um, lawn mowing he's mentioned this at his trial he actually gets out onto the uh, I guess one of the the city fields or the town fields mm-hmm. in Grafton and he mows the lawn in order so to save the town some money on having to hire someone to do it he just does it out of the kindness of his own heart you'd be surprised how many people do that up here um you know i don't know what it's like in other places so i mean that would right there probably qualify for some community service um so maybe look for community service option or paying the fine to a community organization rather than to the aggressors oh i agree entirely it would make it far 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 less distasteful it's uh it's sad that uh you know whatever community service he might do is you know gets has to be documented and given to the court but it's far better than paying some kind of fine all right so uh 800-259-9231 now last night mark we talked about education yep and uh, wayne you homeschool your kids yes i do and mark you are intending to homeschool jack when the i guess you technically are homeschooling him right yeah, now right I mean, he's you know it, he's it at home at i'm educating him he's three right so uh so we've got a couple of homeschooling parents here uh, unschooling do you do the unschooling thing or is there more of like a curriculum with uh, your wife we have so, we have a curriculum Gotcha. But we also try to do a little of that, too. We try to expose them to different things, do volunteer work in the community, um, find something they're interested in and pursue it, rather than just teaching them a curriculum. 
So, you know, we try to bring some of that in as well, because I, I think that ultimately we're best at things that we teach ourselves anyway. Yeah. The, and this is, you know, the unschooling, what it means uh, largely is child directed learning. And if anybody thinks about it just for a little while, you got to know that that's the only learning that works anyway is the person. And we'll, you know, in this case, it's a child. But I mean, in person directed learning is the only kind of learning that works. If you're forced to learn something, you're not going to retain it. There's all kinds of crap that I learned in high school that I don't remember at all. I'm sure that somebody out there th- thinks it's very important that I learned uh, cell structure and uh, honor, honors one biology or whatever it was. And, uh, you know, the fact that I can't remember much of those things you know, I it makes it makes it seem pointless to me. However, if cell structure was really important to me, and I I just really dug mitochondria or whatever, you know, then I you know the the kid should delve into that. Well, one thing that everybody agrees on, at least here in this studio, whether they're doing unschooling or homeschooling, is that the government school system really sucks. Yeah, yeah, we're pretty much uh, on board with that. It is an indoctrination camp. And as was pointed out last night, we began this uh, piece here from Psychology Today, I believe it was. It's a prison. Yeah. The the author here, Peter Gray from psychologytoday.com. You can go look at it yourself. This isn't some kind of libertarian manifesto here. No, it's a college teacher. Yes, a college uh, professor in writing in Psychology Today. He says the the school's a prison and then makes a case for it. And then he goes on and says, now, uh, here's another term that I think deserves to be said out loud. Forced education. Like the term prison, the term sounds harsh, but again, if we have compulsory education, then we have forced education. The term compulsory, if it has any meaning at all, means that the person has no choice about it. Mm -hmm. The question worth debating is this, is forced education and the consequential imprisonment of children a good or bad thing? Most people seem to believe that it is all in all a good thing, but I think that it is all in all a bad thing. I outline here seven sins of the reasons why I think this is in a list of what I refer to as seven sins of our forced a system of forced education. And I think that these are so great. That's the reason that I'm, I'm bringing them out for everybody. Hmm. Number one, denial of liberty on the basis of age in a system of values and in that long endorsed by uh, Democratic thinkers. It is wrong to deny anyone liberty without just cause. To incarcerate an adult, we must prove in a court of law that that person has committed a crime or a serious threat to herself or others. Yet we incarcerate children and teenagers in school just because of their age. Mm. This is the most blatant of the sins of forced education. So just basically, you know, you've got to you got to do it, kid. You don't like it. Tough. I just talked to uh, one lady today who has come to the conclusion that the state is a, a terrible entity and that it's you know that it's it's doing harm to families and and individuals and she came to the realization that she needed to pull her kids out of government school and she came to this re- real realization uh, relatively quickly and and she made the move to do so relatively quickly she did not linger on it for very long she was very decisive decided to remove her kids from the government indoctrination camp Unfortunately, her odyssey did not end there. Uh, the government indoctrination camp was very upset about this because they believe they own your children. Yeah, once and once you once they're in um, your kids are in their possession, then well, it's it's they're theirs, right? So they brought her to court, and uh, they it was essentially the school versus her, 
And the school no, says so she didn't put them in some kind of private school. She she was going to homeschool. Going to homeschool. And she's here in New Hampshire. Yes, and yeah. she had filled out whatever stupid form she had to fill out to pull her kids out of the school. And I guess there's some sort of requirement that you have to tell them what your homeschooling curriculum is going to be. Oh, yeah, all kinds of stuff. Uh, the and harder I, they can make it, um, you know, they do. And New Hampshire is better than most states, but that doesn't mean that they want to uh, make it easy on right, you. Right, so they took this woman to court, and uh, she it's, it's not quite over yet. Apparently, the judge sounded like he was leaning towards uh, siding with her. But interestingly... The people who were prosecuted, I guess the plaintiffs in this case, the school board, was essentially saying out loud that because she's a free stater, that she shouldn't be able to uh, educate her children. Now, she's not even a free stater. She's a New Hampshire native, uh, but she's associated with, uh, with free staters, and that's good enough. More coming up. Hour three is next. You can take control. Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. is Free Talk Live, launching into the third hour of the program. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you'd like. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where we give you the features for free. You can go and interact with other Free Talk Live listeners. Uh, one of the main ways is by actually creating the content for the website. You find something online you want to share with our listeners, you just submit it as show prep to the site, and then others will vote or uh, vote up or down on it. The most voted up will make it to the front page and the top of the site, and you get to vote on things as well. So go to freetalklive.com, get interactive. It's all for free. That's freetalklive.com. Now, for those of you just tuning in, Mark, uh, we've, we've picked up on a, a piece that we started last night. Didn't have a chance to get through it. It's about... The forced indoctrination system, the government school system, and some of the seven sins, according to Psychology Today, one of their authors. And yep, we were on, we just finished up sin number one. Can you recount that real quick? Denial of liberty on the basis of age. The idea that uh, these young people in America, all of them that the government is aware of, will be forced to go into this government indoctrination system. Or you're forced to fill out some, you know, crazy forms and jump through some hoops in order to homeschool your kids because they act like they own your kids. Well, yeah, they call it he calls it prison. And, you know, there's really no operable difference, uh, according. And he made a great case for it. Number, Number two, two, fostering of shame. And on the other hand, hubris. It is not easy to force people to do what they do not want to do. We no longer use the cane as schoolmasters once did, but instead rely on a system of incessant testing, grading, and ranking of children to compare with their peers. We thereby tap into and distort the human emotional system of shame and pride to motivate children to do the work. 
children are made to feel ashamed if they perform worse than their peers and pride if they perform better. Mm. Shame leads to some drop out, um, some to drop out psychologically from the educational endeavor and to become class clowns. Not so bad. Bullies. <laughs> bad. Drug abusers and drug dealers. Very bad. And, you know, <laughs> this is absolutely true. When you look at how, um, you know, the kids go through school, when they all start out, yay, let's go to school. We love school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the more kids they're around, whether it's at school or at home, brothers and sisters really have the, the way of sucking the life out of them mm-hmm. when it comes to these things. But the, the whole story around going to school changes. And it changes at different times for different kids. And they cease to enjoy going and then begin to dread going. Mm -hmm. And school has to take responsibility for that. Like there's something going on there. There's a a cultural conversation there that causes kids to not want to do it. And I, I don't know what it is. To me, it's to some extent, it's centered around them doing work. To some extent, it's centered around this shame pride thing. Mm -hmm. I remember a situation. It was in. It was either second, it was second grade because I remember where it was in school. They, um, this is, I was seven years old, people. I'm 40 now. And this is how instrumental this was in my life. I, there were three reading groups and they were named after, um, you know, different Indian tribes. Uh, the, 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 the dumb kids were the Apaches. The, uh, the middle of the road kids were Cherokees and the smart kids were crows. Do you understand that I remember the names of these groups after 33 years? Yeah, that made an impression on you. Because I ended up in the middle group. I ended up with the Cherokees. And those darn crows, they'd go to their little reading group and they go, ah, ah, like crows did. (laughs) You know, they'd flap their arms and they'd go to the side of the room so they could do their little smarter reading group, Mm. right? And. You know, I knew that I had participated in a group earlier in the year where I had read more books than any of the other kids, and I knew that I could read as well as those kids in the Crow group, but for whatever reason, the teacher decided, not quite good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I just didn't quite make the cut. And that is, that can be devastating for a kid. Listen but, to my story. But you know I what? remember it from, you know, decades later. But it can also motivate you to succeed better. It depends. It's every, yep. every child, every person is different in how they... They react to that. Just like a gladiator in the pit. I'm motivated. Yeah. But the Absolutely. system isn't designed for different children. It's not designed to customize to the fact that every child can be different in those ways. It's just a one-size-fits-all system. Or at and least what, in this case, good, three sizes Yeah, and all. who's to say that maybe you were in the group number two because you didn't really take to their method of teaching reading? Who knows? Who knows what the reason is? I mean, you, we can create whatever story we, were around, we are around it. I mean, the facts are I ended up in the middle group for whatever reason. And it's and this is what this is talking about is it's talking about how kids are delivered shame and hubris. I mean, tell me that that going to the one side of the room while you go, oh, 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 isn't hubris. Mm -hmm. Tell me that me remembering this three decades later, I'm sure if I went and found my childhood friend, Roy, who ended up in the in the crow group, if I went and talked to him, I'm sure he wouldn't remember this at all. Why? Because it wasn't a big deal to him. But this is shame wrapped around this. And this yeah, happens think... to every kid in some way, shape, or form, and some more than others. And it's it can be pivotal and and uh, formative for the, for some kids. Yeah, I don't think fear is a very good uh, motivator. And that sounds like it's an aspect of this. Yeah. So how did you react to this? Did you become a class clown or... 
I, I, I don't know. I mean, at that point, I, you know, I guess at that point, uh, reading became less important to me because I ceased to want to do book reports after that. I didn't, uh, you know, I, as I recall at this point now, I book reports, I, you know, would either not do them or just uh, mail them in. BS them. Yeah, BS them as much as I could. I didn't, I barely read anything in high school, quite frankly. So, yeah. you know, I don't, I'm not going to say that this had anything to do with it, but. You know, that's that's the difference. Let's talk to Kevin listening in Indianapolis to WXNT. Hello, Kevin. Hello. Um, I'm calling about our educational system in Indiana, and they collect, for every 70 cents of tax they collect in Indiana, it's going to our school system. That's the college on down to elementary. Or so wait, 70 cents of every dollar is going to the government schools? Yes. And, and they, they Inclu- when the governor came in, Mitch Daniels, he... He de- he did put out the paperwork that says fifty cents, but what they've done is shift busing and some other uh, factors and put it on the federal government. But there's, it's still costing seventy cents. Wow, it's incredible. Uh, they did in twenty cents because it was so horrible. I mean, myself and other people have pointed that out. But people, you know, it's just ridiculous. And then you also look at the fact, like in Indianapolis, thirty-five uh, percent of the kids uh, never make it out of the twelfth grade. Or I'm sorry, only 35 percent. So in what words, in Indianapolis, yeah. only 35 yeah. percent make it out of 12th yeah. grade. In the public schools, and then what they've done is they're changing the schools to mostly the um, you know the magnet schools, and they're and it's just it's just a horrific dumbing down of everything here. And well, God, uh, that's I, horrible. I had the best and another thing you need to, to to point out here is the ones that do make it out of 12th grade. Um, it's as on the on average, it's 20 percent of graduates of public school are effectively illiterate, um, functionally illiterate. Hmm. And in some cases, probably Indianapolis among them, uh, by the sounds of it, it's up to 40%. So even the graduates, many of the graduates can't read. And what really staggers or blows my mind is teachers saying they're not paid enough. And I've actually documented this where a teacher will work possibly five hours a day because if you look at all the time they go in, uh, study halls, etc. You know, it's just crazy. Well, and then, the, then they're trying to say they're overloaded with children. And a lot of the teachers here in Indianapolis are in the fifty thousand dollars range. If you know, if they've been wow. long at all. And that's just ridiculous. And then like, they're still basically on nine months a year. You know, the, the, now, the, the pay that teach $50,000 a year wouldn't motivate me if I had to work inside of an incredibly broken system. And so what the education system as it exists today takes people who may or may not have been really great teachers and it turns them into bureaucrats, a la the Department of Motor Vehicles. You know, I mean, and that's essentially what you that's what the system fosters. Mm-hmm. And so they take, they suck the life out. It not only does it suck the life out of the students and and kick out crappy students, it sucks the life out of teachers and and, and kicks mm-hmm. out crappy teachers. You want great teachers? Allow teachers to teach instead of telling them how they have to work. There's too there's too much top down management of of education at the state and federal level. I would love to see them get rid of these federal and state departments of education and go back to more localized education. But haha, that's a pipe dream. But you know, teaching is not that easy. My mom was a teacher, and I'll tell you, I used to see her many nights stay up late correcting papers and doing things outside the classroom. So we shouldn't forget that either. No doubt, there's some teachers that are really dedicated, and it isn't that easy. But what's most ludicrous is what uh, Kevin is pointing out here. It's very yeah. expensive. And they keep wanting more money. Like, more more money is always proposed as the solution to all yep. the problems, and it never has solved anything. It's the uh, inherent problems with bureaucracy. And thank you, Kevin. Appreciate the call. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. 
Join United States Marine Iraq Veterans Against the War activist, former radio show host, and New Mexico's congressional candidate, Adam Kokesh, as he goes to Washington to take that hill. Kokesh takes his successful radio show to mainstream television on Russia Today. Adam versus the Man premieres April the 11th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Adam Kokesh is the man who gives the millennial generation a voice. That's you. Get the information needed to be empowered with Semper Fi. is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. We join you here. Of course, you can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there free. The cam is there. The cam, webcam, you can watch, listen, and interact because our chat room is built into the same page. Just go to cam.freetalklive.com to do those things for free, of course. That's cam.freetalklive.com, but it's thanks to memory dealers. Memory Dealers offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers. They're 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers at up to 99% off of list price. Not too many products you can get up to 99% off of list price, but you can with MemoryDealers.com. They also offer great prices and service on used networking equipment such as Cisco routers and switches. In stock, ready to ship. The overnight delivery, it's MemoryDealers.com. Back to your phone calls. Uh, If we get a chance, we'll continue the seven sins of the forced education system. First, we go ladies first to Mary, listening on XM's America's Talk 158. Hello, Mary. Hello, yeah. I just wanted to make a comment to the gentleman who just called. Um, I used to be an instructional assistant on the Indianapolis public school system in special ed, and my my son, both my sons and my two daughter-in-laws both teach. And sometimes I get a little upset when I always hear about the teachers, the teachers, the teachers. And one comment I wanted to make about that is that a lot of these people who are making fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a year literally take their life in their hands when they go into that classroom. Um, there's a lot of uh, drug-infested um, homes, uh, parents aren't watching the kids. I mean, it's, it's just an atrocious situation. And these teachers have a real uphill battle, you know, trying to uh, pull these kids in and finding ways to, to get through to them, to motivate them to learn and stuff. And, and this is mainly an issue in the inner city public school. Indianapolis also has their townships. Uh, within the, the city, and then you've got your suburbs. So I think the gentleman was referring specifically to the um, inner-city public schools. And um, Indianapolis is a wonderful city. I, I, I loved it. And I, I also don't like the spin of Indianapolis, oh, it must be a bad city because, you know, only 35% of the people graduate from the inner-city schools. And that's true. But when you get into the township part of Indianapolis, not in the suburbs, it's a totally different story. So I guess those are the two comments I wanted to make about that. It's a very nice city, and I just didn't want that spin of, you know, Indianapolis being this you know, bad city. But that's kind of what I wanted to say. How do you feel about tenure for teachers? Um, well, my take on that, I don't see anything wrong with it, because I would say... 
96% of the teachers are very good. And again, it's the spin of the negative and how bad they are. Well, if they're good, why do yes. they need tenure? Well, um, I, you know, you're right about that. I guess um, they don't really need tenure. It, it's a, something that has been going on for years. I don't know really how you get rid of it. You've got well, that's a big problem, isn't it? I mean, yeah. the, I mean, the, when, you the, got, when you have this sort yeah, of inertia, the government system has been going on for years, and it's a problem. Look, I think the uh-huh. teachers should be paid what they're worth, whatever the job requires. Yeah. That that should be what they get paid, and I don't. And, and that's the, and you know, the truth. That the, the thing about that is, a lot of the teachers agree with that. Um, uh, you know, when if you look at all of the teachers together, and not just the ones that are very strong in the union, you'll see that a lot of them would love to be get their pay based on merit and how well they do. But again, when you look at the inner city school, you can't always do that because you're up against your back's up against the wall trying to get through and teach these kids and it's it's almost an uphill battle that'll never happen well, well maybe yeah, and that, that's the, the the point that i was trying to make earlier is that you um when it comes to merit that uh, what they're what they're basing this merit on is these tests that they've decided that mm-hmm. some some bureaucrats somewhere have decided the teachers need to teach too if you let yep. teachers go and teach you will find yep. out which ones are good and which ones are bad and i have oh, to agree with my partner ian here that i would love to see teachers yep. Uh, you know, good teachers compensated well, and bad yep. teachers, uh, you know, kicked to the curb like any other job. But unfortunately, exactly. with the way yep. public school systems, any government organization is run, yep. they don't have the feedback, and we don't get to see the good teachors. Right, because they're, because the the funding for schools is is coercion. And, and you know, there's also a lot of layers of middle management with these mucky-muck big degrees where they get paid six-figure salaries and they do nothing except write papers that nobody reads. Well, that's not always true because the ones who make it uh, usually start in the school system as teachers and, and eventually get to that that place. So that's not always true that they're just kind they don't know what goes on in the school system. Well, I, had, I, I went to a private school, the best one in my town, and we had okay. two administrators. I mean, one 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 was a principal for the uh, you know K through six, and the other was the principal for seven through twelve. I'm and talking about even above they the principals. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine that they need people above principals? Well, the, yeah. what for? It's just bureaucracy, yeah. just layers and layers and layers of bureaucracy. I agree. I totally agree. I, I disagree with this. No child left behind yeah. because being in special ed, it's great for funding for special ed. But the problem is you leave out the middle kids. So you've got all these programs for the higher kids that are, you know, that need that, you know, extra, um, you know, intense kind of education. And then the same thing on the other end of the spectrum. But there's not a lot of funding at this point going into the kids who really are your bulk of your society who are really going to take there's, off and do well. well. And they're the ones that need the attention to, you know, their reading at an elementary level and that kind of thing. So I would rather see that money pulled in that direction. You know, a lot of the but, things you pointed out, I think we agree with you on here tonight. And I like that you say that you know what you think is important. You'd rather see the money spent here or rather see it you you know, focused there. The problem that we're, we're really all dealing with here and the ultimate root of this, uh, all of these issues that you've identified, is that 
the government is handling education. Yep. They're forcing yep. people to pay for things that they disagree with. So you can identify all these problems with the system and talk about what you think might be, might be better. But maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong. Or maybe you're right in some ways and maybe you're wrong in some ways. Who knows, right? And maybe the other 50,000 people in your area that care as well also have slightly differing ideas for how education should be run. And so the system we have today encourages all these individuals who have differing concepts as to what is and what is not a good education to come in and essentially pit one ag- another against each other and fight to try to control yeah. the system so their educational model can be the one that is foisted upon the rest of the population by the threat of violence. And the only way to solve these problems is to change the root of, of them, and that is to take the government completely out of education yeah. and allow each yeah. individual set of parents to decide for themselves to where uh, where to send their children. And that will allow, yeah. thank you for the call tonight, I appreciate hearing from you, that will allow the marketplace to decide what educational options there are. There will be different prices. There will yep. be different focuses. There will that's be the different- only way you're going to get agreement in anything in mm-hmm. this world. The government specializes in pitting one group against another, You know whether it's the, the, the people that want uh, creation science versus people yeah. that want you know and, what they call real science or whatever taught in schools. And carving up these territorial monopolies on education in all these little towns and states and regions. Yeah. Right. We can have all kinds of variety and diversity in educational options if the government would just get the heck out of the way and let each individual keep their money and decide how to spend it or invest it or save it or give it away. 800-259-9231. You can take control. Bring up anything. Free Talk Live. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal. But something seems to be missing. Stickers from LibertyStickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com. But wait. There's more. You can buy Liberty Stickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. They're great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to LibertyStickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626. LibertyStickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers. is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. We've got a bulletin board system there where you can get interactive with other listeners of this program. Go to bbs.freetalklive.com to do that. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And uh, by the way, this uh, program is brought to you by SACL CAI. You want to get some uh, collections done, do it with respect. Get it. Uh, get in touch with our friends uh, over at SACL CAI. It's, uh, the organization is run by Jason Osborne. He is the man when it comes to uh, helping us achieve greater liberty in our lifetime. He takes a lot of his profits and reinvests them into the movement. So uh, thank you to Jason Osborne and SACL CAI. As we continue here uh, with your phone calls about what you want, we'll go to Shadow, listening in Huntsville to WBHP. Hello, Shadow. Hello there, 
yeah, you're right about the idea of one size doesn't fit all in the schools. Now, I, I, the way I used to do things, now I still love to read. I've been out of school for, well, a few years anyway. <laughs> and, uh, but the way I always did things was I didn't like being laughed at, of course, but then I took the fact that my stepfather and I used to go to radio stations back home in Michigan and do father and son shows. In fact, we started getting more bookings than we could handle. So what I do in the classroom is we like the teacher would have a reading. You start a short story, you work your way all the way around, then when it get to me, I would I could goof up, okay, right. But I'd make it part of the act. I'd have everybody laughing with me, mm. not at me. And then the same thing with book reports. We'd have oral book reports. Well I'd just rehearse everything the night before and when I get in there and do my bit and I even put comedy in a Julius Caesar, a Shakespeare thing with a real English teacher from England, and when I got done with my part right there, I said, well, what do you think? She says, well, as a teacher, I've seen a lot of performances of Shakespeare in my time, but I ain't never seen Shakespeare done the way you did it. (laughs) (laughs) She says, i got to give you an A for creativity. (laughs) Very good, Shadow. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Let's talk to Justin, listening in Indy to WXNT. Hello, Justin. Justin in Indy, going once. Justin. Hey, actually, this is uh, Jason from Indianapolis. Well, Jason, what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, actually, I called you guys last night talking about the religious topics. I'm your favorite indie atheist. Oh, okay, go ahead with your thoughts. Actually, uh, I'm a homeschooling father. Uh, interestingly enough, my wife is a Christian. And hmm. about the whole um, one-size-doesn't-fit-all, our whole philosophy has been to put excellent materials in front of them and create within them a love of learning. And we've got a situation now with our 14, 11, and 8-year-old to where it'll be like 11.30 at night, and I'll get up to get a glass of milk, and I'll see their light on in their room, and I'll open up, and they're reading Thomas Jefferson, or they're reading something, and I have to say, hey, no more studying. Go to bed. <laughs> You know, um, I, I, the the one thing I have to say about this is that you're creating the love of learning. I think, um, my experience is with my three-year-old, he wants very badly to learn about the world. To him, it's the most important thing going on. He'll he'll do what daddy or mommy are doing. Um, he'll he'll copy. He'll do all these things. I wouldn't. Ha- I don't have to create a love of learning. All I have to do is not kill it. And that is, it seems like the thing that schools and in my experience private and public do over and over and over again yeah we couldn't agree we couldn't agree more we're often asked now see i'm finishing my mba at a local uh reputed school here butler university perhaps saw us in the ncaa and uh we don't do grades we um we basically just put materials in front of them and we've got them and get out of their way and they consume it and they love it and um I really wish the public schools could, you know, engender that, but I think there's something systemic which prevents that. Absolutely. It's, I mean, the, the system itself is what prevents that. It is what it is, and there's no amount of reformation that can, that can really occur to any significant extent with the government system. It just simply has to be 
taken out of the realm of of the coercion. Once you pull away the coercion from the system, then it has the opportunity to change in the way that it needs to to actually satisfy its customers. Because right now, those who are unsatisfied with the government school system, they're screwed. Yeah, you can take your kids out, but you're still screwed because you've got to pay for it. You're yeah. forced it's never, to pay for it. It's never going to improve if you. This is the problem with monopolies. This is why uh, you know lawmakers have hated monopolies. Uh, you know, and, except and, their own. Talked about them, right? But the fact is, that the government is a monopoly, and everything it gets involved in, it's a monopoly in it. So whether or not you put your kid into a public school doesn't matter it's the fact that you have to fund it or they'll take your house away every piece of property that doesn't belong to a church gets taxed and you know some large percentage in my town it's like 70 percent of that money goes to the school system and i'm afraid that that what that results in matter of fact i can tell what that results in is an organization that either feels like it can educate your kid or not educate your kid do whatever they want and blah, whatever well hold i totally on agree hubris. guys and i always wonder how many kids called public school kids called their parents at work today and said hey dad did you know today was thomas jefferson's birthday and my kid did Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you, Justin. Let's talk to Brad listening in Charleston, uh, West Virginia, to WVTS. Hello, Brad. Brad in Charleston. Hey, how's it going, you guys? Just great. What's on your mind tonight, Brad? Well, uh, first, I'll, I'll preface this by saying uh, I'm pretty new to your show, and I absolutely love what you guys do. But uh, reality is I, I called to pick a fight, maybe, uh, maybe just to get more of what you guys are talking about. All right, we're I'm good at fighting. Thinking- Come on. you guys got your gloves on good um all right my thing is this um in the in the public sector i can uh file a freedom of information act request and get any kind any piece of information i want i can find out how uh my local department of ed is spending the money i can find out how the sheriff is using their uh their budget i mean i can go and i can find anything in the private sector, you know, you're told to, you know, go sit. Huh? How, you know what I mean? There the, are plenty uh, of private organizations that will open their books upon request. Well, yeah. Well, no, no, they do. If they're, if, for example, if they're a public company, all the their financial information has to be public. Not that uh, you know. Not that I necessarily support that. I, I don't think that a company should have to show you their books. If a they private don't, company. If they don't want to show you well, their if books. If you're buying stock in the company. Then, and I, yeah. I, I don't think they should have to do anything. Sure, that's true. For one, yeah. I don't. Um, you know, I, I, you don't have to pay their bills. You that's don't have exactly to buy their the product. Right. You don't have to buy anything from any company that you have a problem with. Okay, so let's, let's take a hypothetical. Let's okay. take uh, Department of Ed. Do away with it. Privatize. Okay. No, I don't want to now privatize we... anything because privatization suggests that some corporation will be granted a monopoly that the government previously had. I just want to eliminate the monopoly. That's all. I just want to make it so that nobody's forced to pay for this monopoly system well that breaks down to anarchy though because don't you, i mean isn't it if you don't anarchy sort of that's anarchy if i decide hey i want to educate my own kid and i don't want to give you money to uh educate yours i mean that's anarchy okay think of it like this okay um suppose i'm a kid down the road and uh big bigger neighbor uh says hey math is great makes you feel great now i as a public entity say you're free to do whatever you want with your body but here are the facts about what this drug can do to you. You understand? What does this have to do with government schools? Please make the connection for me. Oh, oh, oh man, I was 
I was taking control of the airwaves. Oh, well, you can talk about that. But you made a big jump. I'm sorry. I thought we were in the middle of talking about public schools and government. No, we... we yeah, we can uh, we can bring it back right back there. I'm, I'm no, I mean uh, if you want to talk about meth, I'm fine talking about meth too. I mean, j- whatever you want. Dan. Right, I, we just have to be clear on what we're talking about. That's all. Sure, sure, sure. Well, basically, I, I just I could not disagree with you guys more. So you believe in about, stealing? Then is what you're saying? I don't agree with stealing. No, well, that's not. what's going on. You believe in extortion? Of course not. Well, then, well, I mean, then, then how can you support government schools? Because, sir, if I don't pay the money that these government people are demanding of me, they're going to steal my home from me. They're going to throw me and my family out into the street. You okay with that? Well, you're paying your taxes. That, that's they're the, no, they're not my taxes. Look, yeah. if I decide <laughs> to, to send you a bill, do you have to pay it? Uh, depends if we've signed a contract. Well, then I haven't signed and any contracts. Have, well, you're... You've signed a contract with the FCC somewhere. Really? Tell me about it in a moment. We'll bring it back. It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free here and bring up whatever you'd like, even in the remaining moments. 800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. And joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. We invite you to our website if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live you can become an amplifier. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is a simple one. That uh, you would help us get this show on more radio stations around the country so we can put ideas like, you know, getting the government out of education into people's heads. Uh, Putting the concepts of liberty out as far as wide as possible on the radio, on the internet as well. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to join up. You can use any major credit card through PayPal or just use Visa or MasterCard right on our site to get signed up and get access to perks too, like the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum, podcast, and more. Go get the details and get signed up at amp.freetalklive.com. Makes a big difference for us. That's amp dot freetalklive.com i think brad is still with us listening in charleston west virginia to wvts brad are you there yes i am okay so you had mentioned the idea i'd asked you if you support uh extortion and you said you did not and then i pointed out that the government indoctrination system is supported by extortion in the fact that i am threatened with the loss of my home my family being kicked out into the street if i decide i don't want to pay for this government education system anymore and uh, then you brought up that, well, if you signed an agreement or signed a contract, then it's it's OK. And we pointed out that we did not sign a contract. And then for some reason, you brought up the FCC. Where were you going with that? <laughs> I was just saying that you guys were. <laughs> I, I think that was a, I think that was a big aside. <laughs> OK. Um, so let's, uh, let's so focus on contract. one issue and, and uh, let's try to really uh, hash it out so that you're you're clear where we're coming from and we're clear where you're coming. Well, let's from. make it clear. Right. There is no contract. Okay, they just send me Even a bill to be on and a the radio, to be affiliated across the country. No, no, the, no, no. The, I'm talking do, about for I property I do not need taxes. the government's permission to be affiliated across the I, country. Hold on. I'm talking about property taxes right now. There is no contract for property taxes. They just send a bill, and they expect me to pay it, and they threaten me if I don't. Would you say that's true? Well, you're, you, you're talking about you're on American soil, and you are 
through whatever local okay. agency you Let, are. Let's on let's their talk about land. that. How, their, oh, land. their land. Now, now, now you have pointed out a very prescient fact here. You don't own your property. When they call it ownership, what they mean is renting it from the government. Now, no, I buy it from the government. But you don't buy it from the government, otherwise you'd own it, um, and you wouldn't have to pay an annual rent for it, right? Well, that, you just uh, said it was talking. their land. Is it their land or not their land? Well, American soil belongs to the U.S. government. Yes. Okay. How did it get? First off, how did it get to be the U.S. government's? <laughs> Uh, boy, uh, we, you guys have, what, nine minutes left in your show, I think? Well, it's, it's, think- it's here. It's easy, okay? Um, it's, it's a relatively easy operation. There were 13 separate little countries that fought a war against a, a foreign power, which claimed sovereignty at that time, and somebody would have said, hey, the king owns this crap. You better pay him. Those people picked up guns. They killed those other people that said, hey, you better pay him, right? Um, so they, they, they took it. By brute force, the ones that they didn't kill either fell in line or got killed. And don't forget the uh, American Indians who had it first. They killed a lot of them, too. So it's death and destruction. uh, There's there's a lot of – right, right. But there is ownership. If you can own something, then there should – what you're getting at is there should be no government entities – owning anything. No, I think that all government, here's what I'm getting at. I think that all government comes out of a person's consent. And so therefore, if I choose not to, if I do not consent, then I shouldn't be governed in that way. I'm fine with the the government. What gives you the stake in that plot of land, though? I bought it. And who did you pay? Uh, The last guy. And who did he pay? I mean, how did... How does ownership come up? If 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 it can work for the individual, why not a government entity? Well, let's let's look at how that model came about. That model came about from kings, uh, you know, getting vassals to adhere to them as their liege. Uh, that's why you pledge allegiance to the flag. You're claiming that the government is your liege. It is your king. It is your sovereign. Um, all of your rights flow from it. And I say that no, your rights come from you. And that it, it's really this old broken model of feudalism. From which we come. I do, a government doesn't need to be tied to the land any more than religions need to be tied to the land. Would you dispute that religions used to be tied to the land? Uh, I, I don't think you could. Okay. And somehow, and, and at that time, somebody probably said, are you kidding me? Quakers and Puritans living in the same place? It'd be anarchy. Now, now, somehow or another, all kinds of different people live and believe the same things in the same plot of land. How is it that I can't pay some government agency that's not tied to a plot of land to, oh, protect my house? I mean, they, we've got security companies. It's not like these things don't exist. How right, come and I that c- takes me back to my initial point of private entity versus public entity. Okay. And yes. With, and frankly... Public entities are so much more transparent. <laughs> Have you oh, ever really? filed a Freedom of Information Act? Have you ever asked a cop for his dash cam footage? It, transparent, my big toe. They no, you can you, you can see file what they for want it, you and to they see. Can give you no, no, no. They listen. Uh, local news airs all sorts of grisly stuff local... that make the police look like. A bunch of jackholes. Look, right? they <laughs> are. But they also expose corporations, too. It's not like... I, I think you're right, a little but, deluded but as to how absolutely transparent... Absolutely. Right. Whistleblower. So, in, in, I mean, that, that has to come from somebody saying, okay, I've had enough. 
But if some intrepid reporter wants to go out and say, hey, I want to see this document, this document, this document, yes, it may take six months, but eventually the public entity has to respond to that freedom you are, of information. You don't request. know what you're talking about. No, they about, don't. Frankly. The fact is there's all kinds of document, documented cases where they just don't respond at all. I was what just about, what you... about when they asked the, uh, uh, Bernanke where the, where the money went, yeah. the TARP the, money? When's the Federal Reserve well, we don't have to get, tell you. When's the Federal Reserve going to get audited? You know, uh, I mean, I when Obama a- ran on a platform of transparency, then took the transparency award in a closed meeting. If that doesn't say it all, I agree with you that that uh, private corporations, I don't have to show you my checkbook. That much is true. But so what? You can do business with somebody who's willing to show you their checkbook. You see, choices are good. Monopolies are bad. Wouldn't you agree with that? Of course. Sure. Okay, then the government's the monopoly, dude. That's all we're trying to tell you here. And it's just, just but you to have end the monopoly. I can, I can send my kids to the public school, or if I can afford it, I can send them to a private school. That's not if real I'm- choice because you can't choose to stop funding the public schools. I don't want to pay for government indoctrination camps. Right. I'm not interested in and that. Think about this for a second. My kid stays at home. I homeschool him. But I have the insult of going by that school every day and taking a look at all those cars that are nicer than my cars, of those people and those teachers and those uh, parents that are the there. Kids. That they're, you know, Their kids are being sent there. They're living in bigger houses, nicer houses. Houses, driving nicer cars, but but they don't heck, give a fly and flip about my kids' education. And you're paying their salary, even it's though disgusting. your kids don't go there. Yeah. So if you support not having monopolies, then there's no way that you can logically support uh, having a monopoly government around as well. I, I hope that that you can get that. But since you brought up meth, let's jump back to that. I don't want you to think <laughs> I'm trying to dis, you know, to you know, to kind of dodge the meth I'm issue. All over so, the place. You guys are doing a great job did, of keeping up. Right. Did you want to say something else about meth? Well, uh, all I, my point in bringing that up was that, uh, okay, uh, legalized pot, okay? Okay, yes. You know, so, all right, okay, we're all for that. I'd rather decriminalize Legal- pot because legalizing okay. it creates a system of control. But anyway, go ahead. Okay, decriminalizing it. Okay, so uh, I, I need something a little harsher. Let's, let's, uh, let's decriminalize meth, okay? Please. I want to... I want, <laughs> I want to smoke. Or I want to uh, ingest whatever you know, Drano. I want to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. But isn't it important? Meth kills X number of people a year. Okay. Okay. Probably and because I of the bad materials that are ma- that it's made out of, because it's in uh, produced in a black market. Probably a lot it's, of them. It's illegal. Yeah, the manufacturers are dying in their fires and explosions <sighs> because they're uh, not allowed to create it. Also, in a the people lab that are situation. on meth don't have any opportunity. They have fewer opportunities to go get treatment because yeah. they're scared to death of getting thrown in prison. Yeah, listen, that's a losing battle for you guys, <laughs> decriminalizing meth. Oh, that's it, I don't, I'm not saying it's right around the corner or anything like that, but uh, the fact is, you know, it, it, it doesn't change the fact that you own your body, and you should be able to take Crystal Drano, put it in a line, and snort it if But you why want. does meth exist to begin with? That's the real question here, because there's a lot of drugs because, that are far less harmful that are illegal right. and, and, and hard to get, so meth is something people can improvise with. They're taking all these common chemicals. It's just a desperate uh, attempt to get high, and meth 
meth has come out of it. But it's true. If, if marijuana and some of the well, less harsh drugs were legal, just like back in alcohol prohibition, when you had that during the 30s, you had the most nasty moonshine, moonshine available, and you didn't see a lot of beer and wine because, because it was very difficult to manufacture and you had more chance of getting caught. Right. Thanks, uh, Brad. We're out of time for tonight, but uh, the drug war is certainly a pet issue of mine. If you'd like to continue that discussion, you're yeah, welcome call to. call Ian. I'd love to talk to you about drugs. Any old time. All right, so uh, we'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. It has been Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Uh, Join us then online again, freetalklive.com. See ya. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpaks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. Are you ready to explore New Hampshire, meet more than a thousand freedom-loving friends, and experience the free market in action? You can do all of these things and more at the Free State Project's 2011 Porcupine Freedom Festival at Rogers Campground in beautiful Lancaster, New Hampshire. Porkfest has games, hikes, live music, dance parties, fun activities for kids, and even state-free weddings. And of course, Porkfest features the famous Agora Valley, where the free market thrives. You won't want to miss speakers like Stefan Molyneux and Janiel Shulman, but the best part of Porkfest is being surrounded by more than a thousand like-minded, freedom-loving friends. The fun begins on June 20th, 2011, and doesn't stop until the 26th. Porkfest 2011 is the biggest liberty-oriented event in the world. This year, you can be a part of it. Don't miss out. Visit Porkfest.com today. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Use coupon code FREETALKLIVE, all one word, for 20% off.